the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoshio podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Good afternoon. It is Tim DeMoss and the Tim DeMoss Show. AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Thanks for tuning in. Forecast calling for clouds tonight as we head toward evening, a low of 30, lots of sunshine tomorrow, high around 40. Saturday right through Tuesday or Wednesday, very similar every day. A lot of clouds uh, and sunshine back and forth kind of a thing. No precipitation is expected. 38 or so the high every day and low 20s every night. The next five, six days, really. Flyers are home tonight against Columbus. Thursday night football, Jacksonville at Tennessee. And the Sixers lost last night to Toronto. Today is the three-month anniversary of our program starting. And we're glad you're here listening. Want to give you another cross-section little sampler of what the program has been about the past few months. The heart of the program really revolves around John 3.16. I shared that the last couple of days. We've been giving little pieces of different interviews we've had. And basically, since it says, For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And as such, uh, that's great news right there. It's with the gospel. But at the same time, uh, it's also cool because I think that allows us to to think a little differently. We want to be able to to reach people who don't know the Lord yet, while we also encourage people who do. So if you're listening in, and I'm guessing most folks who listen to the station are Christians, but not everybody is. And so we hope that you, people who are not would feel welcome, and and uh, we can build some bridges there as well, and, you know, according to John 3, 16. It's not, um, yeah, so anyhow, that's it's not limited to just uh, uh, listeners, it's guests too. So occasionally we'll have a guest on who may or may not know the Lord, and and that's okay. We'll talk about some fairly neutral things, you know, information, that kind of deal. So hopefully the program, first and foremost, is a help and a blessing to you because of uh, of the gospel, you know, pointing you to Christ. But there are other ways to be helpful, too, whether it's to help you laugh or give you a prize or something like that and uh, give you some good information. So today we're going to give you uh, two or three minutes or four minutes of different interviews we've had the past few months and uh, just pause a little bit. And re-remember some of these things. And by the way, all the podcasts of these programs are at WFIL.com. So feel free to help yourself to that. Uh, we've had about, I guess, uh, close to 100 of them. Or, well, about 50 or 60 podcasts with about 100 guests. Uh, you know, a couple of sh- couple per show kind of a thing. I'll start with Brian Smith here in a second. We just mentioned the Flyers are playing home tonight against Columbus. We had Brian on. He is uh, uh, worked as the media and information services for the Flyers, and he's also on between periods. If you ever listen to the Flyers when they're playing on the road, he does uh, the, the between period reports. And so I, I got in touch with Brian before the season started, right before, and um, I was asking him to just tell us a little bit about what's coming up for the season. So the first thing he talks about here is actually kind of the opening promotion they did early on, which is kind of fun. And then he actually goes right into something that's happening tonight. And then we'll just give you a little snippet of what Brian had to say. This is, again, from the Philadelphia Flyers. Well, yeah, definitely uh, you, you might notice some things with uh, the sound and uh, what you're seeing and stuff like that. Uh, you may have heard that we have a mascot now. Uh, I don't know <laughs> yes. if that news has reached you or not. Uh, 
it's been amazing it. to watch that blow up. Uh, you know, I don't think any anybody here had the slightest inkling that that would be as much of a craze as it, uh, as it was. But um, you know, folks are uh, definitely going to see gritty around uh, around here. But the, the first big night we have in terms of a promotional night is uh, October the 16th, which I believe is two weeks from tonight. Yeah. Um, the Florida Panthers are in town, and we are doing a Jake Voracek Chia Pet giveaway. <laughs> okay. And this thing will actually uh, grow. I, th- I know it's going to grow a beard. I, I assume it's going to grow hair on the top, too. I don't really know for sure. I haven't seen it in person. but um, Will it score 30 goals? Or... I might, you know. Hey, <laughs> might not have to see. <laughs> but uh, it's definitely going to grow some uh, foliage. So, okay. Um, um, kind of 90s night on December 6th, um, our holiday light show on the 22nd. So we got a lot of cool things going on. And, the, you know, the, I could read the whole thing off, but it's probably easier. Folks, just go to PhiladelphiaFlyers.com and uh, look on our schedule link, and you can find a whole promotional schedule there of everything that's going on uh, throughout the year. And lots of great things planned uh, for, for the regular season, and hopefully it's all just a nice tune-up to a, a deep playoff run. That's Brian Smith of the Philadelphia Flyers. He's a very diligent guy, works hard to, behind the scenes and on stage every now and again. As I mentioned, he does some broadcasting for the team. Just give him a little snippet there. He was mentioning at the beginning that they have a big sound system they've implemented now, even bigger than before, and made some other changes. Of course, they have the new mascot, Gritty, uh, and, uh, and then shared some of the events that they're doing. Uh, so, anyhow, that's just a little piece of how we're connecting with our community, which is another reason we have this program here from 4 to 5. We would like WFIL to more and more be able to reach into our community and, and build some relationships across uh, the, you know, the tri-state area. So we're going to take a short break, and then we'll come back at you with another aspect that's something that's local but a different thing, not sports, more in the line. Well, you'll see. We'll just share that with you coming up in a second here. Uh, AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. You're listening to a podcast of The Tim DeMoss Show, heard weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. It's 410. You're listening to The Tim DeMoss Show on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Just a brief reminder, WFIL's Rewards Club has something really good going on right now. The Christmas Mortgage Miracle. And uh, in a nutshell, basically, it means you could have your mortgage or rent payments, as the case may be, made for you for all of 2019. A miracle of a gift valued at up to $15,000. What? Yeah, it's true. So just go to WFIL.com, click on the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Banner, take it from there, and I will be rooting for you. As we continue on our conversation here, another a guest that we had on recently that was local, but a different uh, angle, not sports, more along the lines of, I don't know if you heard this story, but um, this gentleman's name is Randall Wenger. He's a lawyer with the Independence Law Center in Harrisburg, and I'll let him take the, uh, take the story from here. There were two 17-year-olds at the Boyertown Area School District that learned about uh, a transgender policy they had in their school. Uh, while they were changing for gym class, they, they noticed a, a student of the opposite sex changing next to them. And uh, so there were a group of students that went to go see the principal. They asked the principal what they could do to separate themselves from the situation. They didn't want to change next to somebody of the opposite sex. Yeah. The principal told them to tolerate it and to make it natural. And... Really, wow. we, we, 
we subject our kids to sexual harassment when we force them to change together. That's, that's not something that should be happening in a free country that, that respects people's rights and decency. So, so if you back up a second, the first thing you said was that the students actually found out about the policy while they were changing. Right? Yeah, I mean, that's right. It wasn't like there was, a, there was notice, by the way, this is what the school board has decided and this is where we're going. It was just they found out. I mean, what a way that <laughs> that's crazy. Right. Well, and, and, and unfortunately, we we're seeing this happen more and more in the schools where they where the schools under understand that this, in fact, for obvious reasons, is controversial. So sure. they don't announce it to anyone. They don't announce it to parents. They don't announce it to the students. Oftentimes, school administrations are doing this without even telling their school boards what they're doing. And it's it's just ridiculous from the beginning to the end because because every student deserves privacy from the opposite sex when sure. they're in the locker room or the restroom uh, but but we treat that as if it doesn't matter because somehow it it changes everything if if someone is identifying with the opposite sex but that that doesn't change a person's interest in bodily privacy a girl's bodily privacy doesn't depend on what a boy believes about his gender Right, Her bodily right. privacy is absolute. Right, and and obviously, as you say, it's it can be complicated on some levels. It seems like it should be not complicated at all. But without you know even passing judgment on somebody or making it about that, just the right to say, well, okay, you know, you really have to take these everyone else into account here. It can't just be right. you know, and to be told tolerate the situation and make it natural. I mean, that's really a. I, I don't want to come down on the, you know, a principal or a school board. Like they, I'm sure they have a tough job also, but there's got to be a different way than to just tell the students deal with it basically and and well, actually like it almost like make it normal or natural. Well, and, and and that really is the nature of of sexual harassment. I think we've learned a lot through the Me Too movement about sexual harassment, and and one of those elements is when you've got a power differential where where somebody with more power is telling somebody with less power, hey, get used to it, and there's probably something wrong with you hmm. if you don't think this is okay. And we're doing that to our kids. We're doing that to our kids in a setting where they should be able to to expect to protect their modesty, but we're basically telling them that it's discriminatory and insensitive to care about your modesty in a situation like that, Where, where instead what we should be telling them is, of course, treat everyone with decency and respect. If there are people who identify differently than, than you do, treat them with decency and respect. But nowhere do we further decency and respect when we're telling our kids that they have to ignore their, their bodily privacy. I and mean, that's, that's not the right solution yeah. to this problem. So this is Randall Wenger, a guest we had on uh, two or three weeks ago. And uh, he's from the Independence Law Center in Harrisburg. We also went on just to ask him a little bit about kind of well, so you know now what, where things go from here because the the um, the motion with the Supreme Court or, or filing for it had just happened. So here's what he the had to say. The case has been going through the district court in the U.S. Court of Appeals for the last uh, year and a half. Yeah. So so the the petition was just filed on Monday in this case with the Supreme Court, and uh, so we're hoping. The Supreme Court takes this case. Of course, they only take about one out of every hundred cases. But, wow. but uh, 
our our prayer would be that they take this one because of of the importance not just to the students at the Boyertown Area School District, but uh, importance to students everywhere in our nation. Do you know? Is there any ever sort of any kind of timetable with if a case is going to be heard, or it could be a week, it could be a year before you find out? Well, we we just filed our petition. The other side will will be filing a petition presumably in early January, okay. and hopefully we will hear from the court shortly thereafter. All right, so that's, again, from the Independence Law Center in Harrisburg, Randall Wenger. He's a lawyer who's working on this case. It's been uh, you know, happening. It happened in Boyertown a year and a half ago and has been moving through the courts since. So every now and again, we find out about things like this and uh, just want to learn more about what's happening in the area. It's, uh, you can tell, hopefully, from that conversation or if you listen to the full interview in one of our podcasts, my mindset when these things happen is not, uh, besides natural reaction, is not to, is not to uh, claim any kind of massive knowledge. Like I know all this stuff, and I have to, you know, rant and, and get on a soapbox or yell and scream. It's more just to be aware, so we can pray. Uh, let the guest be the expert, if you will, because he's the one who's right in the middle of it and has been for months. And uh, just to raise awareness, really, and so people can know what's going on around them. And, and when I had found out this was happening, really within our range of our broadcast, for sure, I was like. Maybe it would be nice to talk to somebody and just understand this a little bit more. Um, you know, the world, on that note, the world's full of lots of, you know, if you, if, you, if you let it, it can bother you because there's a lot of things happening that aren't ideal. You know, this is, but this world's not our home. So we've got to also keep that in perspective so you don't get weighed down by everything going on around you. And in the end, uh, God's big. He can take care of himself. So let's pray for what's going on and then uh, and do what we can, you know respectfully in a godly way. We have to make sure we're holding up our side of things too, right? You've got to make sure that even if you're against something, you have to conduct yourself in a way that would be uh, approved by the Lord, so to speak. Uh, so now we're going to switch gears, go national a little bit. Uh, hip-hop artist KJ52 is, uh, is, our, is our guest here. We had him on recently, and let's just give you a little sample of our conversation here. The one and only KJ52 has a new CDL. Most this wonderfulest time of the year. <laughs> I, I just, love people. I love people saying it because it's so grammatically incorrect. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you may not sell well among English teachers, but among families who enjoy a combination of fun, a little funkiness, and godliness all rolled into one, that could be the title of your next album. Oh yeah! If the year was 1992, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you very much, KJ52 checking in. We just wanted to, before the holiday kicks in here, Black Friday. I just to be clear, I pursued KJ. He didn't say, "Can I come on and talk about?" I was chasing you down because I just downloaded your new CD, "Mostest Wonderfulest Time of the Year." It is a lot of fun, <laughs> and uh, I want to let people know about it. They, they could throw some support your way because it's worth it. I appreciate it. Yeah, I super appreciate it. Yep, thank you, man. Sure thing. Well, you have a long you have a long history in Philly. Done a lot of concerts, like creation. You've been a guest on the program. Also did a concert yep. in Salem earlier this year. How many CDs have you done over the years? Do you think? Ah, uh, that's a great question. I think I'm I'm pushing fifteen. I wow. think I'm pushing fifteen. That's a guess. I haven't really done an official count, but, but this I think is, it's up there. This is the first Christmas one, right? It is. You're absolutely right. It's uh. I figure my career is circling the drain at this point. Might as well just go out with a bang. <laughs> <laughs> Have you thought about doing this for a long time or what? No, no. I'll be honest with you, man. And I say that it kind of in the bio. I'm not joking when I say this. It's literally 83 degrees outside right now. So, <laughs> you well, know what I mean? Like, where, where do you go from there when, when your starting point is tropical? So, 
I just never, I couldn't relate, you know? I couldn't relate. Outside of this, the holiday, but I just couldn't relate. So, um, you have seen snow I, in person. Not till, well, not till I was 21. That's crazy. Well, growing up yeah. in Florida, yeah, I can understand that. So, I mean, that's just kind of what it was. And so I was like, eh, I don't want to talk about something I don't want. I can't talk about. So yeah. then I kind of had a revelation. I'm like, wait a minute. Well, then talk about what you do know. Like, what is your perspective? So, like, you know, that's where most of the songs come from. I think being a dad probably gives me a bit now. Yes. And uh, I just wrote from there. And I'll be honest with you, it was the easiest album I've written. That's great. Well, songs on here, Silent Night, which is a, a real nice version because you always had that mix of, of fun and serious in a good way. Uh, but there's also yeah. Go to Bed, which we just played there. Get in bed. <laughs> Dad, right. jeans and sweaters, get out of my way about shopping and right. all that. So, right. <laughs> I mean, so you know, you know some of that. So. I'm, the, I'm just trying to be the Clark Griswold of the, of the hip-hop industry. <laughs> it's working. It's working. What's one thing you and your family do Christmas tradition-wise? I mean, I'm, we don't have anything, like, super out of the ordinary. I mean, usually the kids open up, you know, one or two presents the night before. Yeah. Um, okay. You know, the, the mom is, mom's usually like, can't do it until everybody's there. Um, <laughs> right. We used to go see a movie. Honestly, my kids are, I'll be honest, the, the truest thing about this album is most of the experiences are based on true events. <laughs> okay. Well, that brings some good comedy to it then, because you can tell. Yeah. So, I mean, like, you know, the album's kind of based around this loose, uh, idea of a guy named Dave and he's on vacation in Florida and everything's kind of going wrong. That's kind of where the record comes from. That's KJ52, longtime hip hop artist uh, based in Florida. He's been in our area a number of times over the years with concerts and, and other things. Uh, been on the air with us a number of times as well. And he has a new Christmas CD, the first of he's ever done. Most just wonderfulest time of the year. And as I mentioned during the little chat there with him, I just wanted to raise awareness because if you maybe, you know, as the parentheses, I always hope that the program, even if it's not something directly like you like rap or hip hop, that you know somebody who does. I hope that each listener, and myself included, keeps our eyes open so we can learn about things. Say, oh, I don't like, I'm not something my cup of tea per se, but I have some people I know who could benefit from that. And that, that whether it's the hip hop music or it's something completely different, just to be kind of always learning and growing so you can be a help to other people. So uh, this program partly, hopefully, is serving that purpose for you. And so if you are thinking about something for Christmas and getting a gift for somebody and you know they might appreciate it, it's a real blend. Uh, his, as I mentioned, his, his songs, you know, a third or a half of them have a, a solid spiritual take to them, deep insight, uh, whether it's through the songs themselves or the lyrics, and then half of them will be just fun everyday observances about shopping and get out of my way. And he's talking to his kids. He has three young children and talks about, you know, why is, why is there cheese on your arm and how the cat get up there? And, and the fact that he said that this album is based on a lot of life experiences really drives the point home more. So my kids, every time we get in the car, they want to hear the album. We, we pop it in from start to finish and usually listen wherever we go. So I'm going to give you a little bit of an example of one of the, the more, you know, more serious ones, but a good one. It's just his version of silent night. And uh, it's kind of a low chill version of it, but this is an example of what you'll find on KJ 52s mostest wonderfulest time of the year CD. You can look them up online, by the way, just the four letters KJ 52 or the four characters KJ 52.com.
teenager, Joseph a little older. It wasn't December, but it got a little colder. And they was in that spot where she got to hold you. Just on the run, just from the hunt up the swarming soldiers. In a feeding trough, that's where they got to hold them. It's just a feeding spot there, just to hold you over. One day for 30 coins, where they went and sold you. They threw you in a cave right there where they roll a boulder. No Christmas lights, ain't no Christmas tree. But there was life and there was light up in the Prince of Peace. And they would call him Christ, call him King of Kings. Born of a virgin birth, that was the mystery. He took our misery and came to get us free. He was that gift indeed, wrapped up for all to see. Found a star right there to where he slept in peace. To see this baby boy, this little refugee. WFIL, that's Silent Night, KJ52 style. Again, you can find that on his CD. Mostest, wonderfulest time of the year. It's our three-year anniversary of the Tim DeMoss Show. We're grateful for God's grace to be here. Grateful for your prayers. Looking forward to, Lord willing, many more shows and just giving you a sample of what has happened over the first few months. We'll do a short break here and come back with several more examples in the next half hour here on AM560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM560 WFIL and WFIL.com. It's 4.30 and you're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Podcasts are up at WFIL.com. Help yourself for the first three months worth of shows. Uh, and feel free to tell a friend about the program. If you enjoy it, you're certainly allowed to spread the word. Cloudy tonight, low 30. Tomorrow, a lot of sun, high 40. Saturday, right through Tuesday or Wednesday, basically, mix of clouds and sun. Some days a little heavier one direction or the other, but that pretty much sums it up. High around 38 every day and low around 23 every night, give or take a degree or two. So 
have a fairly simple, straightforward forecast for a bit. Flyers are home this evening against Columbus. Thursday night football, Jacksonville at Tennessee. And the Sixers lost last night to Toronto. What we're doing today is giving you an example of what this program has been about over the first three months, um, like a mini uh, mini interview, subsets of the ones we've had. And I'm going to switch gears now. We've had several really good ones so far. And let me just introduce you next to uh, – it'll, it'll, it'll explain it here in the interview. But uh, it, it, we can be smart on this program also. It can have high high intelligence – not that most of our guests are not. Actually, all of our guests really are fine, but you'll see what I mean here. here Hello, we go. Tim. It's great to join you today. Thank you very much for doing so and for elevating the intelligence of this program just by the fact that you are who you are. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, thank you. I, yeah, I know. You were in town at the National Constitution Center doing a lecture. And um, maybe start off, if you can just share, at, at American University. You're in the Department of Justice and Law and Criminology. Is that right? Let me pause this and just say his name is Daniel Dreisbach. He's a professor there, and we'll continue now. That's correct. Uh, it is a, uh academic law department, and uh, I specialize in legal history with a particular interest in American constitutional history. Wow. Well, that's something. I, I understand your research has even been cited by the U.S. Supreme Court, so you know you've, you've been doing a good job if they're, they're looking to you for some uh, insight. Well, thank you. Yes, uh, I've written a number of books. Uh, my most recent book, which is uh, what I was drawing on last night in my talk, was, is a book called Reading the Bible with the Founding Fathers that explores how the American founders used the Bible in their political pursuits, their political discourse and projects. Okay. Now, maybe you could share a little bit about what, what folks would have heard had they been at the talk, and uh, I'm sure there's plenty that you, you could get into there, but how the Bible is woven into the fabric of the of the whole American experience. That's right. So uh, I was speaking at the National Constitution Center, so I wanted to focus specifically on how the Bible uh, may have informed, may have in shape an American constitutional tradition, and in particular, how the Bible uh, influenced the U.S. Constitution that was written, of course, here in Philadelphia. Uh, the view that one often encounters in the academy is that the Constitution was a strictly secular project, that uh, the Bible had no influence, Christianity had no influence on the, on the founders and, and on their constitutional project. But I argued to the contrary, uh, that, that the Bible played an important role. Now, I also wanted to emphasize the point that the American founders, the Constitution writers, they drew on a variety of intellectual perspectives. Uh, for example, they were drawing on the English constitutional tradition. They were also students of certain Enlightenment thought and classical uh, republicanism, that is the republicanism of, let's say, the Roman Empire. But what I tried to argue was that among these intellectual traditions that we must study if we want to truly understand the broad range of ideas that inform the American founders, we must include the Bible in that mix. In my talk, uh, what I suggested is that the Bible influenced uh, the American constitutional tradition in a variety of ways, okay. or let me say, in a, at a number of levels. Uh, and, and I gave some very specific examples uh, in illustrating the influence of the Bible. I, I began, for example, by talking about 
how a biblical view of mankind, that is to say, man is a fallen creature, what we know from reading Genesis chapter 3, for example, uh, I think had a profound impact on the founding generation. They wrote a constitution knowing that they were writing a constitution for a fallen people. Man is a sinful creature, and there's a need to check the use of power, the exercise of power. And so there's this obsession by the Constitution writers for things like separation of powers, checks and balances. And again, I think that's a product of a biblical understanding of human nature. I also suggested that the Bible provided models, models of law and civil government that the American founding generation studied and to some extent wanted to... uh, Emulate in their own political system. And, and I gave an example of, of the idea of republicanism. There were many Americans in the founding generation who believed that uh, in the Hebrew experience, in the story of the children of Israel from the time of the Exodus to the time of, of the coronation of Saul as king of Israel, there was a kind of republican form of government in place in Israel. And so there were many Americans in the founding era that, that studied this portion of, of Scripture to try to understand what that republican government looked like. And at the very least, they were, they were persuaded that republicanism was a form of government that enjoyed God's favor. And that was enough. Uh, to recommend that they study republicanism and perhaps implement republicanism in their own forms of government. Professor Daniel Dreisbach from American University, our guest, was in town last night with a lecture sold out, which is great to know, at the National Constitution Center in Philly. Uh, And and just in terms of defining republicanism, is there a concise way that that can be done, or is that a long, longer, deeper answer? Folks are like, is republicanism equal to republican or close to it, or how would you define it? Yeah, I appreciate you asking that question. Uh, I think I I always want to emphasize that we're speaking here of small-r republicanism. This is a a political idea as opposed to a specific political party that we know in our in our world today. So republicanism as a political idea always meant at least two things to the American founders. It meant government by consent of the governed, and it secondly meant that government power should always be exercised through representatives of the people. And by filtering political power through representatives, that in in itself was a form of a check on pure democracy or, or pure participation in politics. So Republican always meant government by consent of the governed, as exercised through representatives chosen by the people. Uh, It is certainly true that the Bible has played a profound role in American history. Let's not forget that those first shirts crossed the treacherous waters of the Atlantic Ocean to establish Bible commonwealths in New England. That was what they were attempting to do. And so the Bible from the very first uh, European settlements in the New World has played a vital role in the nation's history, and that has continued throughout American history. The Bible has been one of the most uh, uh, cited and referenced works in political discourse. Uh, you can't read or understand the, the speeches of Abraham Lincoln. Uh, take, for example, the Gettysburg Address or, or his second inaugural address without some understanding 
Bible. And so I think, again, it's vitally important that we have a, a degree of biblical literacy. If we're going to understand who we are as a people uh, and where we've come from, uh, in this nation. Uh, and one of the exciting things I've mentioned today, Tim, is that the American Bible Society is embarking on building what they're calling a Faith and Liberty Discovery Center right here on the on the mall, Independence Mall here in Philadelphia. And it's going to be, a, I think, a valuable resource and encouraging visitors to the mall to think about and begin to, to comprehend this vital role the Bible has played in our history as Americans. That's Professor Daniel Dreisbach the, uh, from the Department of Justice, Law and Criminology, American University in Washington, D.C. So uh, it's kind of cool because we were able to catch up with him in town when he was in Philly, as he mentioned, at the Convention Center or Constitution Center uh, doing a talk. And uh, so that gives you a little bit of a, an idea of what we're doing with the program, hopefully, as we, as we cover a lot of different uh, uh, pieces of, of the territory around you, know, both national and internet or national and uh, and local, uh, sometimes regional. Uh, one other quick one I'd like to play for you here is a lady. Her name is Kim, and she's from New Life Animal Rescue in South Jersey. And uh, just want to give you an idea of, uh, you know, again, sometimes we work with uh, some nonprofits who are in the area and highlight what they're up to. So here we go with Kim. Well, we became a nonprofit 501c3 rescue organization in 2012, so six years. Yeah. And just, I just have a heart for those special needs animals, the ones that get left behind. And I have a special needs daughter that I adopted. That's just where my heart is. And we just saw a need and, you know, my kids jumped on board with me. They're a big help. It's, it's a real blessing. New we life. pray over each animal we rescue. We pray for the future families. It really is a ministry. We get to heal a lot of hearts that have lost their former pets or also heal the, the pets themselves, animals that we save. Yeah. It's a nonprofit. Folks can support if they like. Um, I know that you also, for those, I guess there are different ways people could be involved with New Life Animal mm-hmm. Rescue. One is they can come to the event on the 6th and support it that way, whether it's the vendors or whether it's just being a spectator and watching the alumni strut that you mentioned. I'm going to get back to that in a minute. But they could also adopt, right, uh, or volunteer. So there's different ways people could, could plug yeah. in. And foster as well. We're always looking for great foster homes. There's always more animals to be saved. If we had more foster homes, we could save more. There's kittens, which are real easy to foster, and they usually aren't in their foster homes for very long. Okay. And they're pretty easy to to foster. Um, Puppies, seniors, just all all kinds of ages of dogs, cats. And we uh, also look for transport help. People who can, you know, maybe pick up a dog at the shelter for us and transport to our foster home or to the vet hospital. Is there any special training involved as far as if people wanted to volunteer and spend some time supporting New Life Animal Rescue? Is there anything they, I mean, I'm sure you'd have a conversation, but is there anything special qualifications yeah. you need to have to help? Well, we do. We, we provide training and we're always there for support. We have a, a really great support group. We have also um, a gentle force-free trainer that volunteers with our group as well that can help with any possible behavior issues or integrating, you know, your new foster into the home. That's uh, Kim from New Life Animal Rescue. Just a little piece of our conversation we had with her probably in the the first few weeks of the program starting. Today is the three-month anniversary of the Tim DeMoss show starting on WFIA. We're really excited to be here and watching what God does with it and whatever he wants to do. We're good with that. We're hoping to bring you a mix of folks from the national level and local level and everything in between across the spectrum. 
as uh, God's the God of everything. So, he, you know, it's kind of cool to be able to talk with different people from different walks of life. And sometimes it's a lot of fun. Sometimes it's more serious. Uh, and whatever the case may be, we're hoping to present those to you and offer them as podcasts as well at WFIL.com. The hardest working producer in Philadelphia radio, Joe Harnett, puts those up at the end of every show. So feel free to help yourself. Download that. Spread the word. Let people know about it if you like. We'll do a little break here. Come back at you with one more segment and give you an example of another uh, guest or two that we've had on this fine broadcast. You're listening to The Tim DeMoss Show on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Live and local. It's The Tim DeMoss Show weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. 446 AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. Listening to the Tim DeMoss Show, doing a sampler today of uh, some of the folks we've had the privilege of having on the first few months. Today's the three-month anniversary of starting, and uh, one of the people we had on the very first show, this gentleman, David Akers, you will know him. He was uh, with the Eagles for many years, Hall of Fame kicker, and we talked some football, we talked some faith, we talked some music. Here's a little bit of our conversation with David Akers. I have a lot of faith in, in Doug Peterson. I said it from day one uh, when people are like, I can't believe this, they're hiring uh, some <laughs> protege of Andy, and Andy didn't win the big game here. And yeah. I said, I'm telling you, man, the way this guy thinks, the way he was as a player – uh, you know, he's going to be that player coach. And then he brings in Schwartz, who is kind of the more the fiery guy. So Doug can be, I mean, Doug's fiery too, don't get me wrong, but it, it's kind of a an opposite kind of deal there. It's good cop, bad cop, I think a little bit. And so Doug running that, that offense there, and had a great coaches with Frank Reich and, you know, guys like that. Yeah. To also seeing how the, the, the defense can kind of come together. So I ultimately like who's in charge and because of that i believe everything will work kind of downhill from there okay that's good i and i I would concur with you i actually started covering the eagles when coach peterson was the quarterback (laughs) for that brief time when he's training donovan so to speak totally remember that yeah yeah so uh and he seems to carry himself in a way like he's not worried like he knows what he's doing but he's not arrogant about it he's just he's not he's not he's able to operate in two different levels it feels like like what's out front but also really what's going on behind and he instills confidence, and obviously those calls in the Super Bowl and all that, the ultimate uh, example of that. Philadelphia Eagles Hall of Famer David Akers with us for a few minutes. Where were you when the Eagles won the Super Bowl? Were you watching with Actually, family? Or? I was at a friend's house, but I was in Philly because I had the opportunity to go up into Minnesota, and there were so many opportunities to be here with the fans yeah. that I decided to actually stay here. Um, and, and I think that was, it was a great choice. I mean, the, the town was just electric all week. Uh, I was here for most of that week and just being able to, you know, you, you just walk down the street and if you just go, hey, somebody else would finish it up. You know, it, it was just awesome. And, and, and that's what's made me uh, just an ultimate fan of, of, of the, the fans in Philadelphia, just because the 12 years I was here, they are so extremely passionate about their team, but in a way that, you know, some people don't like it. I think it's awesome because they just care so much. And I always have, you know, all the different towns I've been in, it's kind of a, it's a, it's a big town, but it's got a small town feel to it still. And the fans, in my opinion, are second to none. 
That's cool. That's great. Well, and then they love you right back. They love the fact that you, 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 you after you're kicking the off, if, if need be, you'd launch yourself and knock the or kickoff returner over if you had to. So that, that whole fighting you know, spirit. Yeah, you, I was always, I was always told I was kind of a linebacker stuck in the kicker's body. Yeah. But, uh, sometimes yeah, yeah. you get run over. Sometimes you're the doormat. <laughs> David Akers, the all-time leading scorer for the Eagles and six-time Pro Bowler, uh, also a Christian music fan. Uh, we, I've had the privilege of working with you on a Toby Mac concert and some other things as well. Matthew West, what, what are you into musically these days? Any any particular band or artist? Well, you know, I have so many living down in Nashville. So many of those guys you just mentioned are friends of mine, and obviously, still really like like their music. Um, there's a group that I, I met on the road doing some speaking engagements, and we did a festival together, uh, Unspoken. really sure. liked those guys. Uh, Chad Madsen's story is awesome. You know, then you go back, you know, as we're talking, Toby. Toby and I are, are down at the same lake a lot together and uh, obviously just thank the world of Toby. But, you know, Jeremy Camp and Matthew are just great guys. Brandon Heath, another good friend of mine and, and a guy that, I think is an incredible songwriter. Um, but then, you know, just, just seeing like King, uh, the King and country and yep. things like that really kind of almost crossing over a little bit, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, a little bit of the need to breathe in there. Uh, but I'm a, I'm a country guy to be honest with you a lot. You know, I'm, I'm a country music man. I, I grew up that way. Sure. Um, but I, I like music that has a, uh, an empowering and uplifting message. So sure. Believe it or not, one of my favorite albums is um, Brandon Heath, and it, it, it is called Blue Mountain. And he wrote this whole album. Basically, it's a country kind of bluegrassy feel, which really? is completely different than his pop. Yeah, but it's all a persona of this Blue Mountain and the idea of a Blue Mountain. All the Nashville uh, artists have to go to see this psychologist or, or, or counselor uh, that everybody talks about. Okay, so they all have to go see this guy. Yeah. And so when, when they do, you know, they're talking about their issues. And, and one of the things that was brought up to Brandon is like, you know, especially living in Tennessee, we got the Smoky Mountains. He's like, you look out in those mountains and they look all blue and, and majestic in, in, in the distance. But as you get closer, you never actually see the Blue Mountains. It's always green and brown. Hmm. And he said, that's what people are like. You know, we see them in a distance that they ha- they might be high and mighty or, or there's something better about them than, than me. But the reality is in God's eyes, we're all just green and brown. We're all the same. So that's David Akers. We're going to give you a little sample of that song he's talking about called Blue Mountain by Brandon Heath right here on WFIL. Give it a listen. Cool fog in the morning Like cotton on the trees Floating out from the highway scene Come on up my way Through the tall grass in the valley Where the earth and heaven meet Won't you come on up To Blue Mountain Above the clouds and busy crowds It's where you want to be Won't you come on up Time crawls in the waterfalls, blue mountain majesty. AM560 WFIL gives you a little idea of the song that David was referring to, Blue Mountain by Brandon Heath. We need to get one last break in here and then we'll come back and wrap things up. Listen to the Tim DeMoss show.
AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM 560 WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. Coming up on 457, AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. Hope you've enjoyed tuning in today. If you just missed it, there's always the podcast. Just go to WFIL.com. On the left-hand side, there's a tab that says podcast. You can grab a of this program, podcast of this show. You can also get uh, many of the other ministries, most of the programs you hear on WFL. You're welcome to help yourself anytime. There's a lot of good stuff on our website, uh, and, I, and I say that not just because I work here, but because it's true. One of the things uh, that's not flashy, but I think I just want to kind of wrap up here with is to remind you of and let you know, especially during this time of the season and the time of the year, is that we have a prayer center there. And it's basically a place where you can go and just write a prayer request. And uh, we're glad to pray for you, number one. And then number two, I would invite folks who, um, you know, are, are aware of it to go there and check it out. You can pray for fellow listeners. It's another way you can be connected to what's going on. It's not a forum or anything like that. It's just a, a forum. It's just a place where you would submit something and it pops up in a little paragraph and then people can read, you know, write one sentence. You could write a little longer. Uh, we do edit it in the sense that we, we want to make sure like no last names are in there for privacy's sake. Most people actually do it that way anyway. But um, other than that, that's... It's right there, and people can pray for each other that way. So um, we want you to know that holidays can be a, a, a great time. It can also be a hard time. And you may just have a day or two or a week where you're feeling a little down or you want some support. It's all good. WFIL.com is where you go. Far right, there's a tab where it says more. It's a drop-down menu of things. And one of the things you'll find is uh, something called Grow Your Faith. And it's there. You'll find the prayer center. Very simple to do. You're welcome to that anytime. Speaking of prayer, Jim Maxim, Acts 413 Ministries, is up next to lead in prayer. And then we'll turn things over to Alice Jebeg and Truth for Life coming up at 5 o'clock right here on AM 560, WFIL and WFIL.com. Have a great rest of the evening. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 to 5 on AM 560, WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.